culture is in a feedback loop with its entertainment system. Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Virtue Signal. I'm Bill Whittle here with my friend and partner, uh, Alfonso Rachel, who looks like whatever stress may have been driving his beard to be snow white in the past has suddenly been relieved. And it's 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 a good thing to see. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I know that feeling. Hair turned white overnight and then sometimes it just turns back. I'll tell you, man, it, I, I had to fight it. Man. I, had, I, I raised my fist to my beard. I said, I ain't ready, man. I ain't ready to be gray yet, man. Matter of fact, my beard wasn't gray, dude. It was white. I ain't ready yeah, yet. It was white. It was snow white. <laughs> I thought, my God, I thought I was having it rough. <laughs> so we're recording this a couple days before Christmas, and I wanted to talk about Christmas for this episode. Um, and I'll get to the non-secular stuff in a minute, which I think is much more important. But first of all, I I just think that this idea, this American idea of Christmas, and, and I am talking about the the materialistic, you know, Christmas tree Santa Claus uh, aspect of Christmas. I just, I can't, I can't tell you how highly I regard that. Like I said, we'll get to the to the other side of it in a minute. But but for me, and for millions and tens, hundreds of millions of American kids, it was a sense that something magical could enter your life, and that and that, you know. If you were if you were uh, naughty and not uh, if you were nice and not naughty, you might be able to get something that you'd you'd wanted for a long time. The effort that parents and have gone through of all all different uh, classes, types, you know, races and so on, in order to get their kids something nice for Christmas has always been something I've admired enormously. And I just think back to those um, five or six years where you know the incontrovertible proof of the glass of milk being drunk and the you know the the cookies being gone uh those were some of the most wonderful moments of my life we used to look forward to that more than anything and and that kind of institutionalized magic i think is very 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 good for the country and and i i hope it continues again We'll get to the deeper meaning of Christmas in a second, but I was wondering if you had any thoughts on that. Um, yeah, indeed, man. You know, Christmas, uh, and I guess it's kind of hard for, like, off the top of my head and, you know, and, and being uh, fresh on your thoughts, you know, coming in fresh on your thoughts on mm -hmm. this. It's difficult for me to not address, you know, the secular aspect of it uh, without, you know, actually, you know, returning a, a comment to it because that's what happened to the magic of Christmas, if you will, is, um, is, the secular approach to it. Um, and I, I hear what you're saying, but just the basic answer, you know, I, I know what you mean. You know, there's, there's that nostalgia, man. There's that, you know, thinking back to, um, you know, this, this wonderful time that would happen, man. And, and, uh, you know, you guys gather in the morning and yep. all the trappings of it, the milk and cookies, the songs, uh, jolly the food, old elf. Yeah, yeah. The food, you know, and things that you would hope that you would get yeah, and like, and, and all the, the, the so-called Christmas themes. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, indeed those do, uh, bring back happier times. Okay. Well, I guess that'll do it for that anyway. Um, <laughs> so scholars, biblical scholars as well, obviously are, are virtually positive that Christ was actually born in the spring. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, uh, the Christmas holiday appears to have been, uh, sort of spliced onto a, a, a previous, uh, largely pagan festival called Saturnalia. But uh, it's not a coincidence that this holiday 
Christmas holiday occurs on December 25th. Astronomically speaking, December 21st is the winter solstice. That's the point at which the low is the sun is at its lowest point during the year. And there was always a celebration during that time because, hey, look, the sun's coming back back up again. Good news. You know, it's it's starting to, to creep further overhead every day that, that passes. So to, to that degree, uh, the holiday is, is kind of a multicultural, you know, amalgamation of all kinds of different things. It's kind of like the Easter Bunny. Um, but with all of that said, the the religious essence of Christianity is so essential to this form of government. We talked many times about the idea that if you don't have an internal conscience, if you don't have an internal sense of right and wrong, if you don't believe there's an internal judge, what would Jesus do kind of thing, then um, you're prone to do anything because when it's all over, you're just going to be worm food anyway. <laughs> and and that lack of a of a of an internal uh, conscience and 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 restraint on on vices is a huge part of it. And I think another huge part of it is is the idea. The fundamental idea, really, of any religion, not even just on Christmas, but the fundamental idea that there's something more powerful than you are, that there's something in the world bigger than you that has control over things that you don't have control over, that alone is 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 intimidating to some people and reassuring to others. But ultimately, the, the message of Christmas is, is that just, to me, just continuously just keeps coming back to one word, and that, that word is hope, right? Is 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 hope, not un not unfounded hope, not false hope, just the idea that yes, you know, we are down here on on this on this rock with you know, subject to all of these forces that sometimes often these days seem overwhelming, but there is um, it's it's in the hands of somebody who's. Uh, considerably more powerful than all of us, and, and that is a fundamentally uh, just and living person. Uh, and we tend to forget that, I think, very easily. I know I do. Uh, when things start getting rough out there, I, I just, you know, I just watch this thing just go skidding off the, off the cliff. But it ain't necessarily so. Indeed, man. And, you know, and the thing about um, Christmas, where it seems to be, you know, losing its, its savor, is that, you know, when you got people out there more interested in in looking for a bargain or looking for, you know, they're raiding the stores on Black Holiday and stuff like that and uh, what they're going to be looking for under the tree or, you know, there are all these things that they're looking for. Are you actually looking for, did you take that time to look for Christ himself? Did you take that time to search the scriptures to realize who he is, who he's always been? We're talking about the dude who could orchestrate his own birth. All right. That's pretty amazing. So now the thing is, and, and, and you, as you mentioned earlier, you know, Bill, you, you said that, um, uh, you know, the scholars will say that Jesus was born in the screen uh, in the spring. I hope, folks, that you'll you'll seek out a video that I did uh, set, uh, called uh, Does the Bible Make the Birth of Jesus Knowable? And mm -hmm. it does. OK, Jesus himself said, look, man, I got real issues with you because you didn't recognize the time of my visitation. We have a holiday that man decided that, well, we don't really know when Jesus was born, so we'll, we'll make up a day. Now, we're not trying to say that Jesus was born on the 25th. We're just agreeing that he was born. And we say, OK, on the 25th, we're just let's just agree, man. Let's just agree that he was born. OK, so 
It's not so much trying to make the December 25th his birthday. And then all that to say, you know, when people want to associate his birth with, uh, you know, the festival of Saturnalia or or Saturn, uh, which who was a a titan. Right. Uh, His his, his name being synonymous with uh, Cronus. Okay, that's right. Now, for those who try to say that Jesus uh, or the Jesus narrative uh, was plagiarizing uh, uh, Titanic and uh, Olympian uh, uh, history or story histories or, you know, the, the odysseys of Homer and, uh, Homer or anything like that. That's patently false. Yeah, it's, the, it's antithetical to it's Christmas. Absolutely. Because the the Old Testament is what gives you the account. And all these these uh, later uh, uh, mythologies and religions, you can totally see where they're borrowed from the Bible. Let's take Cronus, for instance. Cronus, he ate his children. He ate his kids. Now, yeah. what did he what did he do? He, they, uh, uh, Zeus himself was disguised as a stone. Okay. Now you have Cronus who's eating his kids and you have one of them that was hidden. That's reflective of Moses. Moses was hidden from, from basically genocide, infanticide, right? So he was hidden. He comes back and he saves everybody. It's the same thing reflected in Jesus. Jesus was hidden because Herod was going on an infanticidal, uh, uh, campaign. To make sure that any kid who was born between the ages of one and two was killed. That way we make sure that we get rid of Jesus. So all those things were already reflected. So the now the key issue was this. Now, you have a lot of Christians who would say, who would basically downplay Christmas. And I'm like, well, the Lord expects us to occupy. We're supposed to take over these things, right? You guys want to try to make this a pagan festival? The Lord says, I want you to take, I want you to raid Canaan. I want you to take Canaan. I want you to take all those specimens, right? And you will use it to remind people of me. So, I mean, we can get into discussion about, about whether it's Santa Claus, Saturnalias, the Christmas tree, all that sort of stuff. It's like the Lord's like, man, don't you know that I want you to use what the children of the age are using and you can use those things to point people to me, right? <laughs> so, you know, that's just uh, my little uh, no, Grinch, Grinch stole Christmas thing. Well, the I mean, when you the the reason that that um, that the birth of Christ has been moved to essentially to the winter solstice is because when you have a new religion and you are through either through conquest or conversion or or proselytizing or whatever, and you're trying to convince somebody to drop their religion for your religion, historically what has happened is it's been in the interest of converting people to allow them to keep as much of their old traditions as possible. So the reason that the, the birth of Christ was moved to, uh, to, the, to the winter solstice, to, to middle of winter, was it allowed the pagans to still keep the celebration at the same time they were used to celebrating. They just changed the, the, the focus of it, and that made it a lot more palatable, certainly, uh, to them. But, but again, what, what is the result? Well, the result is you converted entire continents to Christianity. The um, the thing that I find, uh, like the intersection of the secular and non-secular Christmas, I think one thing that's interesting to look at is, is Christmas carols. Uh, my the, the Christmas carols that I really like are the kind of traditional Victorian ones. Uh, and all of those have a pretty strong spiritual basis. Right, hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. This this kind of thing. They're all they're all extraordinarily rooted in descriptions of of the actual birth of Christ and and, and all the rest of it. Modern Christmas music is a lot 
looser and 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 a little swingier, <laughs> but it really just kind of writes them out, right? Frosty the Snowman, you know, yeah. Jingle Bells, Let It Snow, um, Baby It's Cold Outside. All of these things have completely removed, uh, you know, as they as they like to say, the reason for the season, and as as that reason gets further and further out of the general public consciousness, we find that that the the values that that, that free not just this country that freedom are predicated on. Freedom is predicated on the fact that you have an internal conscience, and 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 the idea of a judge who sees everything and who will judge you based on what you do, so you don't get to do things in the dark that nobody's going to know about. I mean, if you don't have that, then then there's no constraints on your behavior other than what the government or the or the priest or the king or whatever is going to enforce on you, and. And if we lose that idea, you know, of, of a higher judge and a redeemer, then we lose the essence of what makes freedom possible among all citizens, including non-Christian ones and, and, and so on. Absolutely, man. And, you know, now some would say, you know, Zoe, you're, you're, you're um, condoning conforming to the world uh, to, to promote Jesus. No, not at all. Um, the Lord, like I said, the Lord says himself says, use what the children at age are doing. The Lord has also made allowances for certain things. As long as you don't defile yourself, if you don't defile mm-hmm. yourself, it's like Paul says, look, man, I'll be all things to all people, right? To the Jews, I'm a Jew, Greek, I'm a Greek, to, 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 to this and that. It's like, I will be adaptable, but not to the point of, not to the point of defiling myself to be able to move the message. So now, like I said, Christmas itself, it's a, it's a man-made institution. It's a man-made idea based on, you know, uh, biblical writ. I get that. And like I said, you don't have to create a day. The Bible actually gives you the day that Jesus was born. Um, it, it has to, you know, because Jesus can't just be some kid that was born and you just kind of pick. It's like, no, Jesus, the Lord himself gives us no excuse to miss who he is. That's the whole point. He's a, he's a very just judge. And when I give you my schedule, it's going to happen according to this. I have perfectly orchestrated this and you have no excuse to miss it. So even the time of my birth is going to be knowable. So, you know, all that to say, that's not uh, uh, me conforming things to the world to try to make it fit or anything like that. I, 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 w- I wouldn't do that. Um, but like I said, the Lord is going to say, OK, you can use this. It's just, just like when, when uh, the Lord told Peter, hey. Go ahead and kill and eat, man. Peter's like, man, no, I don't eat anything that's 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 unkosher, man. I don't do that. And the Lord's like, hey, if I call it clean, it's clean. I need you to make an adjustment. There is something that I'm needing to work out here, and I need you to see the implications of this. So the same thing is happening here, you know, with these holidays. And 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 y'all, I stick to the fact that the Lord Himself has seven holidays, and Christmas ain't one of them. I totally understand that. All right, but if we're tr- just like Bill said. If we're trying to get the get the message of Christ, Christmas has been effective in that. It has been effective in that. However, Christmas became something that was more commercialized. People and uh, uh, have decided to take advantage of that and inched the reason for the season. As Bill reminded us, that that's the point. The reason the season got inched out of the way, and uh, you know that's that's uh, that's something that we really, if we're talking about hope. 
You got to bring the Lord back into it, man, and search those scriptures. Search the scriptures more than you're searching Amazon for a good for a good gift. Okay, y'all, search the scriptures more than you're trying to search for that gift because the ultimate gift has been given, and that's what we should be celebrating. And then from there, once you've based, you've done your search in this, then knock yourself out for searching for a good gift. Exactly. Yes, because uh, it's kind of the ultimate gift, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you're not going to top that one, mm-hmm. um, but. Uh, when I think back to the Christmas and all of the, um, you know, all the secular aspects in Christmas tree all lit up with the big bulbs, you know, and all, all, all that jazz and seeing the bikes under the tree and all of this stuff is essentially just appeals to your own desire. Um, at the time, we also went to see live nativity scenes played on stage. You know, we would just we would just go and watch and we'd we'd hear them. And it was just like like. As I mentioned before, very much in the sense of, of the Victorian era carols, it it managed to bring the reason for this holiday into, into the mix. You don't see much of that anymore. And I thought I'd just close on, on something really kind of remarkable because it, it's the overlap of um, of both the secular and non-secular versions of Christmas. It's, it's like a Venn diagram. And I know Kamala Harris will be on just a moment to explain how wonderful those are. Yeah. Uh, but basically, in 19, I think it was 65, or certainly in the 60s, Peanuts was the top yeah. cartoon strip in the world, right? <laughs> in the world. And so they decided to do an animated special called A Charlie Brown Christmas. And it's a typical Charlie Brown Peanuts kind of adventure. And you've got the, you know, got Snoopy and you've got the winter scene. You've got all of the, you've got all of the um, secular stuff. And it's an animated cartoon and it's on television. And I suppose it must have been um, Charles Schultz himself who, who, who said, who wrote the scene where it's like, well, what's this about? And then there's this moment, if you, I, I, hard to believe that anybody watching this hasn't seen it, but if you haven't, it's worth watching, especially with your kids and especially today. He wrote a scene where Linus says, I can answer that. And this one little boy comes out in the middle of the stage and just starts quoting the gospel, right? And, and just just quoting it. And it's and there's no music and there's no, no no big dance numbers, you know? It's just there. Now that the network executives, as as uh committees are wont to do, really came out hard against this happening, really hard. They basically did everything they could to to squash it. Uh, they thought it was going to turn people off. They thought it was going to, you know, uh, get everybody angry and so on. But apparently, Charles Schultz insisted on it, and um, and so uh, I keep calling him Charles Schultz. Some, something tell me I got that name wrong. In any event, Charles and Schultz. I think. Okay, so so he insisted on it. So they did it, and they were expecting, you know, <laughs> here it comes. And what happened was not only to become the most successful animated. Uh, project of all time. They run it every year. They've run it every year for 50 years now. But that was the highlight of it. That was the part that people liked the most. They liked the fact that in the middle of all of this celebration of this sort of um, uh, secular Christmas, that this thing just went just went off, off script almost. 
and just delivered this message. And, and the point of all this is delivered this message to people who, many people who had not ever heard this before directly, right? This reached a lot of kids who either didn't go to, to a Sunday school or, or, or whose parents weren't religious. And, and there's something about the, um, the simplicity of it. The, the, the innocence of it, the purity of it. They didn't give it to Charlie Brown, and 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 they certainly didn't give it to Lucy. They gave it to, <laughs> they gave it to Linus, right? They gave it to the guy who is the most innocent member of the cast. He's the one who is really not of this world in a way. And I I just remember being so struck by that. And and it was only very recently that I that I'd read that the network had fought this very hard, and and that. They thought it was going to be a catastrophe. Have any thoughts on on that? Indeed, man. And you know, they didn't even do the sneaky Jesus thing. You know, trying to write Jesus into subjects. No, they came right out front and center. You know, he, you got the whole camera, you got the whole timeline. Just close up on you. Take as much time as you want. Yes, you know, and, and no cutaways, nothing. Right, and and, and we live in this uh, time, you know, and this has been for a long time. When you try not to make a message so on the nose because it comes off corny, or it comes off hokey, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And and Charles was just able to do it, and it yet it had just all the finesse and just all the you know the the mojo needed with this little kid, this cartoon kid with bad hair and a blanket was just mm-hmm. able to, to just, you know, just throw the scripture out there and it just stuck. And that's, you know, that and just as you alluded to, man, that is the power of the gospel. And, you know, and don't get me wrong, because the Lord himself is, is people like to remind people all the time. Jesus told stories. He told parables and Jesus let you know when he was going to make a parable. Right. It's like, look, man, no, I'm not going to give you metaphors or allegory. This is a parable. Right. And he had to make that very clear, um, you know, but. Even it's it's kind of weird though, Bill, because even to say secular Christmas is is like an oxymoron, um, yeah. you know, because Christmas, the whole point of Christmas is the observance and the recognition that God came in the person of His Son Yeshua Hamashiach. That's that is what Christmas is about, uh, the celebration of of God who would do this, right? It's it's like wow, man, you must really think a lot of this where you arranged. This genealogy, and you would come to us to be born a sinner. I know, I know that blows a lot of Christians' minds. Jesus was a sinner. Jesus was a, no, Jesus was a sinner. That was the only reason why he could die, right? Jesus had to be born in a sinful body. The word tells you an organism can only reproduce after its own kind. If Jesus was 100% man, he was 100% sinner. He just never committed sin. That's what makes him awesome. He yeah. did what none of us knuckleheads could do. Right. It wouldn't it, that'd be like saying, well, Superman is so brave because he ran into a burning building. That's not brave as Superman. Superman is impervious to fire. Right? That's right. Jesus was brave because Jesus could sin. There'd be no reason for the devil to tempt him if he couldn't. Right. So Jesus was a sinner. That was the only reason why he could die. So that is what we're celebrating. It's like, wow, man, you would do that for us because if the devil was able to get you to sin, we would be dead forever. Period. You know, so we celebrate this. And like I said, it may not be the day that the Bible prescribed, but hey, man, if we could just agree, if we can at least get that far and we can use these opportunities to tell people about the Lord, then maybe we can get deeper into the scriptures and find out, you know, the Lord says, hey, man, I'm coming to you on this day. The angels are going to announce it. You're going to have witnesses. It ain't going to be no big highfalutin royal. I'm a a minister. We're going to show up to the to the loneliest of y'all. We're going to show up to the shepherds. And then the kings will come and they're going to bring me gifts that are going to square up. Gold and frankincense and myrrh. Right. And, and y'all, yeah. these, these aren't just random gifts no. of the time. 
These are gifts that squared up with the tabernacle gifts, letting you know that, yeah, man, I'm God. They may know that I'm God. The, um, I think the reason that the Linus thing was so powerful is, is the voice, right? It's mm. coming from the voice of a child, you know, uh, and, and it is not, it is, there's, there's nothing hectoring about it. There's nothing, you know, preachy about it. It's just a child just speaking the truth is just, and it, and it's so powerful. And mm. I, and I wanted to close on that because this is kind of, is, is my wheelhouse, when you have a society that can produce specials like that and be seen by millions and millions of people, become beloved for the rest of their lives, most everybody watching this show right now knows exactly what I'm talking mm -hmm. about. By taking network television and adding cell animation of a cartoon character, you were able to deliver a message, not only to the people who needed to hear it again, but to people who had never heard it before. Mm. This, this is why the pop culture matters, because not only from the, from the hey, look at this, I've never heard this before aspect, but, but to hear that child speak those few lines with such conviction and such innocence mm -hmm. move people to tears. And, and, and this is something that we are certainly not doing anymore. At least we're not doing it about the right things anymore. And again and again and again, I come back to the sense that that culture is in a feedback loop with its entertainment system. And uh, while most of what Hollywood is doing is just appalling uh, and has been for quite a long time, there definitely seems to be a pushback. Uh, the, the response to The Chosen, for example, which I thought was astonishing, uh, is, is important. And, and I remember when I was a, a young kid, everybody said Merry Christmas. And sometime around the time I went to college, they started saying this happy holidays thing. But lately, I've noticed an enormous pushback, you know, an enormous pushback. People are no longer saying happy holidays. It's just, it's just a meaningless sentence, right? Merry Christmas seems to be coming back again. So here it is, Christmas. We uh, want to wish all of you a, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to all of our, uh, not only to our members, but to everybody watching the show. And to thank our members, especially for the, the, the tremendous Christmas present of their support over the years. And... Uh, and maybe just to remind you that no matter how dark things can get, um, there, there is always uh, hope and rebirth, and, and it doesn't do us any harm to keep that in mind uh, uh, in this political uh, milieu we find ourselves in. <laughs> For Alfonso Rachel, I'm Bill Woodle. We'll see you next time on The Virtue City.